Amen, New Life family. Good to see everyone today. Amen. If you don't know it, Jesus loves you just because. If you don't know it, Jesus chose you just because. Amen. Jesus gave you identity just because. Amen. And I want to read you something immediately because it's just kind of different than the way I normally do it. But in Romans 4, 3, it says here in the Passion Translation, listen to what the Scripture says. Because Abraham believed God's word, words, um, he heard God say something. Abraham was weird. Anybody want to get weird? <laughs> Faith comes by, not the preacher. He or she that hath an ear to hear what the Spirit, that person got potential. His faith transferred God's righteousness into his account. Now, trust me, you want to get weird. Because if you can't hear, you're probably not going to get a transfer. When people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift because they earned it, but no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works, but believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. I heard the Lord speak in 1974. That ought to be enough. It's not. Paul said to the church, you started the race well. What hindered you? And today we're going to talk about justified to be. God justifies you to be the powerful you that you are. Not because you did anything to earn it. Did you know that we don't deserve anything? But we, our conversation will say, well, I deserve this and, and I believe I deserve that. And, and, and we'll get into conversations that say contrary to what the truth is, and we don't even realize we're entertaining lies, religious lies, that if you understand what a religious lie is, it's really called a demon. And all these lies need agreement to work. All these lies need unity to be able to build darkness up even more. 
Anybody ever got frustrated before? You ever, ever said something, and after you said it, you said, mm, I shouldn't have said that. You know what I'm talking about? I'm raising my hand. I'm, I'm talking about the guy in the mirror. I'm not talking about anybody here. But I've said things, and I've thought thoughts, and after I did it, I felt like, man, why did you say that? Why did you think that? And just this dynamic followed the pattern of what I said or thought. And it just didn't feel right. Know what we're talking about? I want to read you a few things here since we're talking about justified to be. Ephesians 4 and 30 says it this way. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ. This is Paul challenging the believers. Until you experience your full salvation. Jesus started something in me, but he wants to finish what he started. In order for that to happen, Paul says, so never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Now, how in the world can I grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his influence in my life? How can I do that? Paul goes on and tells the believers in Thessalonica, chapter 5, verse 17, make your life a prayer. In other words, in the King James, it says pray without ceasing. I like the way the passion tells us, just make your life a, a place where you host him. And, and as we talk about it here in New Life Fellowship, the servant's not greater than the master. The servant will walk even as the master. And the master taught us to only say what we hear the spirit is saying and only to engage in what we have a single eye and vision seeing the spirit engage in, Right? So being spirit-led is not a suggestion. It's basically, if you don't, you're not going to live life. And you're probably not going to step into eternal life on the level today, today and keep walking with him like Enoch, and he, and he was not. He walked with God in such a level that eventually he was with God all the time. I kind of believe that the Lord would like to do that with some of us. He would love to catch our heart in such a way that we host him on such a level that one day uh, Bill, I don't know where, what happened to Bill. We can't find him. But we know because we've been observing Bill and he just couldn't get enough of Jesus. So I got this feeling that Jesus said, come on, Bill, let's, let's just keep walking together. Does anybody want to step into that kind of dynamic with him? That started 2,000 years ago at a feast day called Pentecost. It was a good starting line. And everybody that starts with Jesus starts there. Why is that so important for us to know? Jesus said to them, because when he came out of the grave, they were inspired. I'm going to go tell everybody. Anybody ever 
Felt like you want to tell everybody about Jesus before? And he could see the inspiration in their spirit, and he said, no, but I need you to hang out until I empower you to be my witness. It's one thing to want to be a witness. It's another thing to be empowered to be a witness. And we're talking about simply justified to be. And some may be questioning today as we talk about this for the next few moments, I'm not worthy to be. And the Lord knew that before he ever went to the cross, that no one would ever be worthy, that no ever no one would ever be able to live up to earning, amen, uh, the appreciation from heaven that you've been a good boy or a good girl now, amen, I'll justify you. He knew that from the beginning. Everybody in this room is a potential explosion for the kingdom of God right now, if you believe. All things are possible to any and all who believe. Not what the preacher's saying, what their ear is hearing the Spirit say. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to get an extra badge on my whatever I'm wearing because I preach this message. No, at the end of the day, everybody's going to be in unison that is Together, look what daddy has done. To him be glory, honor, and power forever. He loves you just because. And yet, there's times that I will think a thought I shouldn't think. And I'll say something I shouldn't say. And he's not going to beat me up over that because he knows I'm going to beat myself up. And when you don't beat yourself up, you're in danger. Let me, get, let me just pause for a minute. Because you can become so calloused that you begin to, begin to be arrogant. Let me say it another way. You become so religiously bound by tradition on what you think church is, you'll establish a religious pride because you have a, quote, heritage that qualifies you. And you're in a dangerous place then. And he can't justify that. He can only justify faith. Faith is what pleases God. Amen? So, everybody in this room is here today because the grace of God drew you here and you were attracted to something in this room. Not the room. Definitely not the preacher. There may be one or two in here that came because they saw a pretty or handsome person. And God will work with that. Because he gave you the passion to be attracted, and it kind of makes him smile. And in the meanwhile, he'll reach a little deeper and pull on and tug on our hearts, knock on our door, till eventually 
we realize after a certain amount of time, we need him in the house. Getting the house in order, doing an inventory on the house that belongs to him is a wise person that does that. I have this thing that we've talked about here the last few weeks called a mind, will, and emotion. Every one of us has that. And that's the place where a den of lies, a den of demons, loves to make his house. And he'll come as Christ. He'll come as an angel of light. He'll come as religious spirits, amen, that we entertain because we think we're smart. And he'll imprison us. And the evidence of the kingdom won't be anywhere around us. But we can quote Bible verses and we can give Bible studies. But there's no real evidence that daddy is Lord in his house. Amen. What he's looking for is for an ear that can hear what his, if, if, if the ear can hear, anything can happen. And it's important that we catch that. The moment I say, yes, Lord, I don't understand a thing he just told me, but I say, yes, Lord. I might be nervous about going with it, but yes, Lord. Automatically, there's a transfer made into my account of righteousness. Yes, Lord. And it looks like you can't get out of the ditch. It looks like you can't get out of your situation. It don't look like you're going to make headway in any form or fashion, but I heard him speak. Yes, Lord. The transfer is made. And you know it. I can't tell you how. But all of a sudden, I'm at peace. All of a sudden, I'm resting. All of a sudden, I'm relaxed. All of a sudden, I know that I know that I know. That's where you want to be. That's the current of the presence of God. And that's a good starting place for everybody because when you get born, when you are privileged, amen, everybody in this world, I don't care who they they're privileged with the invitation to be born again. Amen. I want to say this before we go any further. I got biological family that I love. I have a brother that I love. My biological family. And when I go visit him, I know he's going to say a lot of stuff that God don't say. <laughs> he's not my family when it comes to God's family. He's my biological family, but he can be a part of the family of God, if he wants to be. And he knows I talk to him straight up. I don't pull any punches with my little brother. He'd be sitting here, that's right. That's how he do it. That's right. And, and guess what? When trouble happens and he needs someone that'll pray, guess who he calls? The one that tells him the truth. And he'll be sitting there and we'll be talking and he'll be saying some stuff, man. He'd be just saying some stuff. And I'll look over and I say, you suppose Jesus would be saying that right now? And he'll turn over and look at me like, probably not. 
just checking. And he knows that that's a signal that I'm not going to carry on that conversation with him. And he'll shift gears and go somewhere else. Anybody got family like that? God loves, God loves them. God loves them. He's after them. And he needs you to understand that you're justified to be. Trust him. He loves them more than you. You think you love them. Mm -mm. And he wants them to be a part of his family, but he said his family, his family with his biological family sitting there, my family are they who listen, they have an ear, they hear, and they follow. That's my family. And my little brother needs me to be that way to him because when that, when that triggers, whoo, that dude's going to be, wow, powerful. He's already loved by the state of Mississippi. <laughs> he could be elected governor if they, he'd run, but nah, don't want none of that stuff. You see what I'm saying? But daddy wants him to be who he says he is. And who daddy says we are, you can't earn that. It's not possible for you to live up to who he says you are without him. Apart from him, you can do nothing. And yet, we have religious lies, traditions, rudiments that we entertain in our mind, will, and emotion. And, and because we have this religious heritage, we're, we're bound by this lie. And we, you know, this group started well, but they're not finishing real good. But that's, that's who I am. No, that's not who you are. God says you have dominion, authority, and power. And with him, he wants to give you a single eye and clarity of vision to walk into his glory with him. Amen? We're not playing church. We are the church. We don't go to church. We are the church. And we do this. We, we are who we are based on the faith we host. God is speaking to you. Will you host it? Will you embrace it regardless if you can figure it out or not? Then we heard the other night Michael talking about God spoke to him and, 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 and I'm going to do that. And I love the energy that Michael put on display while he was talking about what God told him to do, but he didn't want to do it. And when he didn't do it, man, the, the dynamic of like, man, why didn't I do that? Why was I? And he asked the Lord, give me another chance. <coughs> oh, that was loud. That's better. And the Lord gave him another opportunity with that person at the bank. He was still nervous, but I ain't going to feel that feeling again. I'm not going to feel like I let daddy down again. I'm not going to walk away with my head bowed. And he went up there. And he said exactly what daddy told him to say. And when he got through, the feeling, the fulfillment, the, 
the joy, the excitement that came with being obedient to God speaking. And he, he convinced me, Michael convinced me, man, when daddy talks, I'm going with it. Is anybody tracking? You're never going to figure this out, and you're never going to earn the identity he's already given you. But you can believe. And believing has powerful action to it. Amen. So, uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, I'm just going to X out a lot of stuff here because I know what daddy's about to do in my spirit. I can sense it. It's exciting. What is the real purpose of the Holy Spirit in my life? Now, keep in mind, Israel experienced deliverance from the bondage of Egypt, and then they were blessed because they came out of Egypt to worship God. But in the process, they refused to align their conversation with God, and instead they were filled with complaint, murmuring, bickering, fussing, selfishness. And uh, the reason they were is because God invited the whole nation of Israel to come up with Moses and hear the voice of God. But Israel said, mm-mm. Now, Moses, you go talk with God and you come back and tell us what he said. Now, I know none of us in this room would do that. It could have, we'd been in Israel, we'd have run up there with Moses, right? Pastor Lowe, you're setting me up. I know, I can see it right now. All churchgoers, all churchgoers do what Israel did. That's why they go to church. They want the preacher to tell them what God said. Just pausing right now because that should bring conviction on everybody in this room. I know how to do it. I've done that too. Man, I used to sit on into my pew waiting on Brother Odom to blow my mind with the next message. That was God. Hello. And the Lord worked with it. Because he knew, I'm going to work that out of you, son. And it took him a little while to work it out of me. It took me being disappointed, frustrated, beat up. My wife and I were business owners. And, uh, man, I'm getting beat up. And I want to be a child of God. I want to be a son of God. I want to be a believer. And I don't know how to do it. And I'm right in the middle of a spirit-filled group, and I don't know how to do it. I'm living in the house with a spirit-filled woman, Grandma, and I don't know how to do it. And the Lord must have saw my heart at 12 years old and knew for me to finally get it. It was going to take trouble in my life, my father being taken, circumstances that that children shouldn't go through for me to wake up. But guess what? 
and just ask a simple question, Lord, <laughs> how do you do this? Help. You just simply told me, son, when you go to the business that I give you the privilege of having, I want you to go and be at that business. I want you to be. All right. I'll do that. I don't know what you mean, but I'll do it. And then he, then he encouraged me. He says, I'm encouraging you, so what I'm doing to you, I want you to do to others. I want you to encourage people. And he convinced me, just go there to that business and don't go there to make money. Don't go there to provide for your family. I already know you need that. And that really got my attention, ladies and gentlemen. He already knew that. Wow. I thought I was supposed to be asking for food and clothing and bank account. And, you know, we all know what the Scripture says. Take no thought what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to. I already know that. He said, but rather seek first the kingdom, and this stuff will come in abundance. Somebody just got delivered just then. And so instead of going to church like Israel and murmuring and complaining and bickering and fussing about, man, that's going on, that's going on. Man, I hope the preacher's got a word for me tonight. Anybody ever said that before? You can raise your hand if you want to. I don't know. The preacher's got a word for me today. The Lord has a word for you direct. He's been trying to give it to you every day, morning, noon, and night. He, don't talk, he won't stop talking to them that have ears to hear what the Spirit. He wants to walk and talk with us. He wants us to walk in the garden with him. He wants us to walk with him so he can show us his kingdom, and then we can be for him his stewards of his kingdom, stewards of the manifold grace of God, ministers of reconciliation, children of God. We're justified to be. So my wife and I, we'd go to that little business and thank God she loved doing books and selling carpet. And, and I would encourage everybody I could find. I'd go out there and lay carpet and build designer rugs and encourage the people God would put in my path. And it wasn't long till she and I got four and five small groups going in one week. Now, keep in mind, we had three kids, so she had to stay home a lot. But she was behind me on loving on daddy's kids and reaching. And it came. We saw the glory of God. And did God take care of us, honey? Did we have more than enough? We had all we needed. And we went through some challenging times. But daddy did it. It was then, y'all, that I learned how to hear the voice of God. I was weird, according to a lot of my colleagues. But you know what? I didn't care because I hung around grandma enough to know she was weird. And if you hung out with grandma, the kingdom was coming the whole time, all the time. And I don't know what grandma's got, daddy, that I don't have, but I want it. And he said, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. 
So you see, Jesus gives a, a, a challenge to all of us to ask, seek, and knock. The tempter knows he's got to get in there as quick as he can and twist it and turn it so that we're asking for the wrong things. Yeah, we'll spend our time asking God to straighten somebody up, amen, so they'd be a better, and I'd have a better day. Or we'll spend time praying, God, you know my clothes are getting old. I need some new ones. I mean, there's a list of things we pray for that the Spirit didn't prompt us to pray for. And we're telling God what we need, and we really don't know what we need. He knows exactly what I need, exactly. But I won't ask him for it. And the church world as a whole right now, it don't take a genius to look around. They're not asking him for the one thing he's asking for them to ask for. Jesus said this. He said, an earthly father won't give his child a snake if that child asks him for bread, will he? No, 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 an earthly father ain't going to be that crazy. He said, how much more will your heavenly father give you the spirit if you ask? Now, the enemy wants to jump in there and twist that one too. Back in 1974, I was born again, and I received the spirit. You be fine, son. You qualify now. You're going to make it. And there was a season I believed that. Anybody tracking with me? You've heard me tell you. After about two weeks, I didn't want to hug nobody's neck no more. First two weeks, I hugged everybody's neck. Loved on everybody. I didn't see no flaws in anybody. Couldn't say nothing negative about anybody first two weeks. There about two weeks after, I wanted to knock somebody out. Why? Y'all tell me why. Because I needed something I didn't have. And I wouldn't ask. It took me, you know, having to battle through. And, and finally, Grandma said, son, and this is old, old spirit field group, you need to pray through. A lot of truth in that, I sure do. Why do I need to pray through? I didn't get that story. You follow me? Because I need more of God. When I was born again, I got filled with the Spirit up to a level. Amen. And the utterance of the anointed one flowed out of me. But that utterance kind of subsided. And instead of saying what the Spirit would say, I started saying other things that the Spirit wouldn't say because I've been born again. I'm in. And I believe the once saved always message more than the once saved always group did because I wouldn't pray in the Spirit like I should. I already, I've experienced that. I'm in. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's important for you to catch this, for you to be justified to be. It requires the presence of God and an unction from heaven flowing all the time. The rivers of living water are not meant to start one day and come up out of you flowing and it just, you cap them off. Okay, I've done that. Amen. What's the next thing? Mm -mm. 
The enemy's goal is to take the wells and fill them up with all kind of offense, stones, rocks, anything you can get in there to offend the Spirit of God being Lord in your life and make you religious and build up all kind of Bible studies to support whatever you're saying that isn't from heaven. But you got a Bible study and a verse to back up why you're doing stupid. Ongoingly. And you just go to church, you never are the church. Waiting on the preacher, just like Israel, murmuring and complaining, bickering and fussing, always judging and measuring everybody. Hope the preacher got a word for me today. Hope Moses got something to tell me. I wasn't planning on it going this way, but this is the way the Lord wants it right now. I'm telling y'all, I know this guy. I deal with him. I deal with the guy in the mirror every day. He's got issues. And he needs to have issues. Why? It helps me need more of him. It makes me realize I can't earn my identity. I can't earn my place in the kingdom. That this transfer of identity and righteousness comes when I listen, I host, and I agree. Yes, Lord. That's when you can walk with him and actually, Bill, walk with him until you are not. The Lord allowed that to happen to try to get us to believe. And I got this strong unction in my spirit that in the days to come, get ready. Just like Philip was translated from the Ethiopian eunuch being baptized in a desert where there ain't supposed to be no water to Samaria. He's here and then he's here. Anybody ready to walk in the Spirit? The potential that you have, if you have an ear to hear, is mind-blowing. And the next generation in this culture right now that we're witnessing, and I mean <laughs> this culture is worshiping spirits on another level. Why? They're looking for salt and light. They're looking for something that works because the church hadn't given them anything. Hmm? Church is full of trying to qualify for their eternal salvation. They're trying to do a lot of good stuff. And even there's multiple small groups happening. And I'm telling you, everyone in this room, you need to be a part of a small group. But not every small group is a small group from heaven. When you go to a small group, it needs breaking in bread and in fellowship, continuing the apostles' doctrine. Amen. And it's a place where you come to host the presence of God. Amen. And only say what daddy's saying. To encourage, to edify, to build up, to strengthen. Amen. To bring life. That's what a small group is. That's why small groups are more powerful than this building, in this room here. We get too many people in one room. It's not as powerful as you get in a small group.
because now everybody has a platform to manifest what daddy's saying. In a bigger group, you start deferring. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, the gifts of the Spirit has, has to have It's got to have a place to operate, to edify, to build up. And hosting God's presence, the fruit of God's Spirit, is top tier. Now, in Acts chapter 10, Peter brings to Cornelius' house, a Gentile, a group of people with him that were Jews. Nothing wrong with Jews, nothing wrong with Gentiles, nothing wrong with anybody that's human. But these Jews that came with Peter was to be backup for Peter because he wasn't even supposed to be in that house, right? But Peter heard God speak. And because God says, get up and go, question nothing. Well, if you go back to traditional Judaism, you're going to be unclean the moment you go up in that house. And the Lord said, don't you question nothing. Go. Peter, being a wise guy, so I need, I need some people to see this with me. I'm going to carry some insurance. He got 11 more to go with him. Got an insurance policy here. And if you've read the Bible, you've read the story. Peter's saying to Cornelius, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. It's the first time Peter was able to say that, but he's in the spirit. In the flesh, he couldn't say that. In the spirit he was hosting, he said what he couldn't figure out because Judaism says, uh-uh, this isn't of God. This is of the devil. So you have to make a decision, ladies and gentlemen, in your Christianity. Are you going to keep hosting these religious lies that you're hosting in your heart? Because it takes, it takes, it's important. Everybody needs to get this one. It takes Jesus coming to his house and resurrecting your dead spirit to give you dominion and authority and power over your mind, will, and emotions. You are not going, ain't nobody capable of having dominion over your mind, will, and emotions without the Spirit of God touching your dead spirit. You can't be his witness until you're born again and on fire. And only then can you cast out the demons you've been entertaining in your religious world and get the house clean for Jesus to be Lord of his house and set on his throne. It ain't happening no other way. Let me say it more bluntly. That's not a one-time deal. That's an every day, all day long. Make your life a prayer meeting. Make your life a fellowship with God. Make yourself the house of God and make God the source of everything you say, do, and breathe. I'm not preaching to nobody here. I'm telling you about the guy in the mirror that I deal with every day. I can tell you I know that I know that I know. Not because I see flaws in you, because I know the guy I look at every day. With God, anything can happen. Without him, nothing good's going to happen. And while Peter is preaching there in Cornelius' house, 
of which he filled up with everybody he could get in there. While he yet spake the words, let me read it out of the Passion. I can quote the King James, but I can't quote the Passion. It's awesome. This is what it says. While Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit cascaded over all those listening to his message. The Jewish brothers who had accompanied Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on people who weren't Jews. For they heard them speaking in supernaturally given languages and passionately praising God. What, what, what were they hearing? They were hearing God speak out of the Gentiles. No, they, they, no you got to catch this. They knew they had been filled with the Spirit, for they heard God speaking out of them. I don't, I don't think we're catching that. You can say all day long, man, I've been born again. You can tell me all you want to, I've been born again. But the evidence is coming out of your mouth if you are not. Look, I'm, again, I'm talking about the guy in the mirror. I've said things, ladies and gentlemen, that after I said it, my spirit was grieved. In the, in the scripture, Paul encourages her, don't grieve not the spirit. Grie What's he talking about? Be careful what you say. Watch your mouth. Quench not the whole. Come on, it goes on. When, how many witnesses do we need? Quench not the spirit. Grieve not the whole. I mean, he keeps coming at different angles to the church, letting them know evil communication corrupts what? The image of sonship. Evil communication corrupts good manners, the fruit of the spirit. The evidence that daddy is in his house. That most unruly member gets every one of us in trouble. And I know that because it gets me in trouble. And the only way I can stay out of trouble so that I'm justified to be, there has to be a Holy Spirit working, rumbling, a river, a flow, an ebb. And I'm 60 years old, and I'm still working on getting more of him. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm sensing, amen, more of him coming and more of him coming. And look, I'm not worried about what the devil's doing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not at all worried about what the devil's doing. He was defeated 2,000 years ago. I don't get heartburn over what the, well, unless I'm not in the spirit. When I'm not in the spirit, a pandemic will freak me out. I actually believe COVID's real when I'm not in the spirit. It's when I'm in the spirit, I know it's a bunch of junk. When I'm in the spirit, I don't care what the media or the government, I, I'm going to be obedient to my authorities and magistrates. I'm going to worship God and do that. 
Ain't going to fuss for anybody that does, but all the lies that they're telling? Eh. No, the truth makes us free so that we get to be a witness even to our government that God ordains and God put in place. Amen. We get to be the salt. Come on. Even the media and the government are looking for answers. The only answer they got is Jesus. And the only way Jesus can show up is somebody to let him show up and show out through them. Having an ear to hear is huge. But my agreement with what he's saying in my spirit is everything to me. It says here in Acts 9, backing up one chapter, it says this. Peter made them leave the room. Okay, why is Peter making them leave the room? This young lady named Tabitha died. Y'all want to catch this? This is where I'm going to close the message right here. And Peter comes into that house because they heard Peter was nearby, and they went and got him. Tabitha's dead. I mean, she ain't breathing. The enemy's playing right now. And Peter moves him out of the room, and he's, he kneels down, the Scripture says. He knelt down and prayed. Why is he kneeling down and praying? Why? Wouldn't I, I lay me down to sleep? I pray the Lord my soul to keep prayer. Why would Peter get everybody out of the room and kneel down and pray? For what? Now, we, can, we got our religious ideas. And I'm sure he didn't look like some of our pictures. I'm pretty sure... Peter understood how to get to the holies of holies. Pretty sure of that. I'm pretty sure when Peter kneeled down to pray, he knew how to get through the gates of thanksgiving and gratitude. And he double-checked his dynamics at the, at the altar of sacrifice and the brazen laver. He made sure everything was in play. And all of a sudden, whew, the wind started blowing Y'all got to catch this. Peter's not better than anybody in this room. He's not more special than anybody on this earth. The wind started blowing. You can feel it. The scripture says he turns to that young lady and he calls her by name. Who's calling her by name, Peter or Jesus? <laughs> Who's talking now? Whose temple does that belong to? What did Peter do to make sure that most unruly member in his mouth was subject to the spirit and the Lord of it? And some of you are sitting where you're sitting right now. The things that you're dealing with that are dead. Relationships that are busted. You don't know what to do with it. You, you, you're, you just, you're, 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 you're just messed up. You're broken. Uh, you're, you're a frazzle. Right where you're sitting, you have what it takes to open the door to the one knocking. And you have an ear that if you hear what he says about your dead situation, your broken situation, your sick body, 
If you consider what he's saying and you trust what he's saying, automatically there is a transfer into your account of justified righteousness. Not because you're good and not because you're in it, but just because I love you. Just because I love you. And Peter looked at that lady on that bed because the spirit was, he, he postured himself. Oh, and the river broke open. And he says, Tabitha, arise. That wasn't him talking. That was his daddy talking. And her eyes opened. And she got up. Sometimes you got to clear the room. Sometimes you just got to make a decision. I've heard enough religious lies. I've heard enough speculation. I've heard enough opinions. You've shared your preference with me long enough. You're too loud. You're too loud. Get out of the room. There's a still small voice trying to talk right now. And I'm going to posture myself to it because he's in love with his daughter over here. But all these religious lies and all these ideas is holding her captive on this bed in a dead state. But there's a still, small voice that's ready to bring life. I hope the pastor got a word for me today. I don't. I don't have a word for anybody in this room. I didn't come here to give you a word. I come here to tell you what the Lord's telling me and what he's doing in my life. I hope you have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying, though. Because if you catch that, anything can happen. You don't need me to pat you on the shoulder and say, good girl. You're a good girl. You don't need that. You need Jesus to come and speak through you and you be his mighty daughter. That's what you need. And while he spake, the spirit fell on them. And those who were the Jews were amazed, astounded, because they heard God talking out of them dirty dog Gentiles. And now they got to change the way they think about the Gentiles. They're our brothers and sisters. Rats. And you know what? Daddy works with that too. Because he's going to work that out of us too. Isn't he? Only one race called the human race. <laughs> Who said that? Not the media. Not politics. Not a spirit of manipulation and control. Jesus says that. Got the same mommy and daddy. Our mommy and daddy is Jesus and the church. That's been his plan 
since the beginning. And he's so excited about his kids. And he loves you. And he's going to justify you today just because. Everyone that runs and jumps in daddy's lap, they get a special gift. But some of us won't because we won't tune in and hear him say, come. But if you can hear him say, come, whew, anything can happen. Could we stand? To the guests, you've honored us for being here today. Thank you. I don't apologize, but at the same time, I know you had to deal with a country boy. Daddy's working on me. I hope you're encouraged. But if you need to leave, you're welcome to do so. You can be dismissed. But for the next little bit, we're going to try to do what Peter did. And we're going to do it. Because there's some dead things that need to be raised to life. There's some disease that needs to be cast out. There's some demons that need to be served. Notice your day is over. The house is getting clean. We're going to do a Tammy Low on the house so Jesus can come and sit on his throne. Amen? He can fill his house. But we ain't going to let no rats stay. We ain't going to let no demons hang out. We're not going to let no lies hang out. Because it's time for resurrection to happen. And Jesus needs you and I to do what Peter did and just posture ourselves and let the unction and the rivers begin to erupt so that you can say, as he would say, rise and live. Testimonies are ready to be born, isn't it, Veronica? You see the fire? You see the fire. It's going to take over. It's going to consume us, every one of us. We're not going to be happy without it. Amen? For all of you that believe that this is truth today and that daddy's working on this old country boy and you like what he's doing in my life and changing me, meet me up here and posture yourself before daddy. And uh, don't worry about what others think. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Come with an ear. Come with an ear. Come with an ear. Come with an open heart. Be filled with the Spirit until that most unruly member can only say what it hears Daddy say. Fill him, Lord. Fill him, Lord. Fill him, Lord. Be filled with the Spirit right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Just you and him here. No one else but you and your daddy. You're in the throne room of the king, your father. Whew. Just because, that's why he's doing it. You and Jesus, be filled with the Spirit. Yes, receive it. <laughs> 